Hello, and welcome to the 49th episode of the Cued Up Podcast, the only podcast that comes with a money-back guarantee. I am your host, Jared. To my left is... Mikey. Nick. Eric. Mud. And we are the Cue It Up Podcast. <clears throat> Guys, hot off the presses, I got a story for you. It only broke an hour or two ago, so I don't hot think anybody knows it. Hot off the presses, okay. They are due. They've announced what the, not the next spinoff Star Wars movie is, but the one oh. after that. Okay. It's a Han Solo spinoff film. Okay. Which I'm not exactly happy about. But, guess who they're, who's making it? Someone at this table is going to be very happy. Is Eric, do you know the story already? No, is it? Well, we I have say, a funny feeling he's talking I'm trying about to think me. Who it is could... Eric that's going to be very happy. Oh, okay. Well, unless it's like it's not Quentin. Nicholas oh. Winning. <laughs> I was, I was, like, I was thinking, thinking like, there's yeah. no way, well, right? I was thinking who they would pick. So it's like, you must be thinking. It's an, it's an out-of-the-box choice. Nicholas Winding Refn? No. Christopher Miller and Phil Lord. Oh, nice. Really? Guys, did the Lego movie and 21 ton, 22 Drum Street are doing the Han Solo spinoff film. It should come out on... I think it's May 25th of 2018. I trust those guys. So I trust much. them. And it's one of those movies where, like, I don't want them to make a Han Solo film because you got two choices. You either make a Han Solo film where Han Solo is a good dude and it completely contradicts everything that's in episode four, or you make a film about a bad dude, Han Solo, and I just don't really care to see that movie. I don't know about that. I think there's other choices. You I mean, can, like, I, I, just off the top of my head, you could start with a very innocent. Han Solo yeah. and transfer to like the more world hardened Han Solo that we know. It's like, possible. There's other there's other ways to go. So Did you I'm actually I mean, I mean, interested. It, isn't this what you Star Wars guys wanted? You wanted more Star Wars. Now you're getting in here complaining about how you get it. Wait, did you, you guys can't be happy? We're, we're very early. <laughs> they just can't you, be happy. Have you met a Star Wars fan? <laughs> I yeah, was gonna. You know what? I will say this. I am do. a huge Star Wars fan, but it's like my least favorite fan community I've ever been a part of. Yeah. It. When I meet a Lost fan, there's an instant connection. There's a friendship that starts, blah, blah, Not so with Star Wars fans. I re- Like, you meet a Star Wars fan, and then you start comparing, like, you like the prequels? What do you think about the books? <laughs> yeah. Like, you start interviewing them and being like, well, you're not a real Star Wars fan right. unless you hate everything in Star Wars except for uh, Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, and you're allowed to like half of Return of the Jedi. Mm. If you like any more than that in Star Wars, you are not a real Star Wars fan, according to... A big, huge base of fans. Hmm. I uh, blanked for a second. Did you say what the Han Solo... Did you say there's a story behind it yet? Or do we no, know? No, it just, just explains that, it's that it's... I heard ex- Han Solo movie and then like... A young Han went, Solo. Yeah, okay. Which also, we're going to have to see a recast Han Solo. Yeah. True. I don't know, man. We'll see. And this is the two guys that pulled off 21 Jump Street, which... I, nobody thought that movie was going to be good. So if they can pull that off, like I'll everything keep an open they've mind. done is quality. It's true. Even they the Lego did, movie, like they, yeah, Lego again, movie, Last Lego Man movie. on Earth. How in the world is that good? I think they've well, done something not, else. So you know, it is good. It's not good. Uh, Have you Mikey, seen it? Come on, man. Somebody made me watch bits and pieces. Uh, I haven't watched it. I'm yet, not going to lie. I've, I've not I wanted heard. to leave. Mikey is literally the first person I've ever heard say anything bad about Lego Movie. So yeah, which doesn't dissuade me it from wanting to see it. It wasn't even like one of my favorite like kids movies of all time or anything like that. But it was definitely well done. Oh yeah, it's an impressive sure. movie. Everything is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that should wrap it up for our Star Wars talk. Guys, did you watch any movies this week? I know Nick and I uh, watched at least a couple overlapping films this I week. I watched quite a bit of stuff. Uh, I know I'll start off with Predestination. Yes. Because I could not be more excited to tell people about that movie. Yeah. Uh, I watched a movie that Nick talked about last week, Predestination. It's oh, got, you did watch yeah, it? Yeah, it's the Ethan Hawke. It's directed oh. by the Spirit Brothers. You called me, man. I want to come over. Uh, I'm sorry. I should have. It's all good. I don't know. Um, it's directed Welcome by the Spirit my, Brothers. My life. It's not the Hughes Brothers, like I said last week. It's the Brothers team that confuses me. <laughs> so uh, it's a movie where, oh my, I don't even know how to describe it's it. Right it's a time alley. travel movie with Ethan Hawke. Eric described it as yeah. Time Cop. Uh, uh, which, <laughs> there is a little bit of that, but it's yeah, that's quite. a very, very small I don't mean that as film. a slight. I mean that as a good thing. I agree with Nick that it goes you know, like, in an area that you're just like, oh, I didn't see this coming. Yeah. Like this is it, it, it just is very outside right the up box. Our, our kind of alley, like it's yeah, very, very good, very much so, very, very good. Um, 
The most surprising movie I watched this week? Maze Runner. Maze Runner. Really? Yeah. Maze Runner is darn good, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say. The uh, neckbone from our movie, uh, Mud, yeah. is actually in the next uh, Maze Runner. Oh, one okay. of the next ones. Interesting. I was looking at his IMDb, and one, he was in one of the Maze Runner movies. So The Something Trials, the yeah. Scorcher Trials. Uh, the only thing I've watched this week is uh, I caught up on Wayward Pines. Oh, I haven't done that yet. Wayward Pines, man. That show's really it's impressed interesting, me. Yeah. Like, it's science fiction that's just like... I, it's fun to see on regular TV. Sure. And the fact that this is a self-published novel that's a television show, there's just something about it that gets me excited about where science fiction is heading. Yeah. Uh, Maze Runner, I will agree with Nick. Very, very good. I... I was Did shocked you expect at how much. Did you expect it all to watch it? I, I, I no. couldn't even believe you rented it, but I was like, well, what the heck? <laughs> it was one of those I had a, if you rented so many, you got a one free. And so I was just like trying to hit that number. And I was like, I don't know. It's Maze Runner. Yeah. It, I don't know. I'll try it. I'm telling you, before five seconds of that film, I was already <laughs> like, all right, what's going on here? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's pretty interesting. Yeah, pretty and much. it's like, as Nick and I talked about earlier. It's a little bit more hardcore science fiction than you'd expect from like a young adult yeah. movie like that. It's yeah. it's not a yeah. I don't know how to else to say it. Yeah, it's just a lot more. Well, it's one that I was excited about because I had not read the books, but uh, you know the author that wrote James it, James Dashner, is a friend of some of the guys that of a podcast we listen to, yep. and um, I uh, I was excited about it, not re- reading the book, and Jared kind of his distaste for what he thought it was going to be when he saw the trailer, like kind of took the wind I've, out of my sails on like, that movie. I even own the book so because I'm I bought it for a dollar one day. Like it, now I it watch is it good. It, I, it was very shockingly good. Um, it has some shortcomings that are very wisely not emphasized. Like mm-hmm. some of the characters aren't really that strong yet. True. They don't try to force them. It, it, has a strength and it's the world and the mystery behind the world and at all times they are exploring that idea. Gotcha. So it really does yeah, work. I think the mystery of it is what really surprised me more than anything. Like you don't expect a uh I'm gonna go out on a limb here and call it a lost style. Yeah. Oh very much so. Like when I was mystery. watching I had lost in my mind. Yeah, where you really don't know what's going on. It's pretty atypical for like a young adult and usually with stuff post lost i've i've kind of lost that desire to be like what's going on here like that obsessively looking into like wanting to rewind and listen to what that was and or freeze frame it to be like what is that that movie had me doing this where i i wanted to stop i wanted to look over things like the clues really interested me it's darn good film man Uh, mikey what did you watch this week I watched Winnebago Man. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Slowly but surely, we're all seeing that movie. I think we've all seen it now, right? I, I haven't. All right, oh. Eric, you know what you got to watch for next, next week. week. Yeah. Uh, uh. What'd you think, Mikey? I thought it was pretty doggone good. Pretty good, I was, right? was kind of digging it. So. You you are kind of the Winnebago Man in a way. Did I you? think if Mikey had been born a little while ago, he would have became the Winnebago Man. I could yeah, see that. I could, I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think if you put Mikey in the woods for a couple of years by himself, he could easily be that man. <laughs> oh my, that's uh, a scary idea. Oh, now, did you do what awesome. I suggested and watch the like go to YouTube and watch that video first? I didn't watch the whole video, um, but I mean, I, I got what it was. You get though. the premise. Like of it. I got it. I watched it before I started watching it. Yeah. I realized like what it was. It was outtakes, and I was like, okay, I get this. Now I'm going to watch it. Right. So. You know, it's I a thought, seriously good documentary. Yeah, it was I rec- good. I recommend doing it. I I started watching that and like about five minutes into it, I was like, you know what? I should just watch this video they're yeah. making this documentary about before I. Keep I know going. I've seen it, but it was a long time yeah, ago, right. back when it was probably making the rounds a lot. But yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It was uh, pretty fun to watch. You like the ending so. of it? Oh yeah, I thought yeah. the end was what really made that one right. for me. It, it oh, yeah. pretty strong. What else did you watch? That's all I can think of. I've been I've been busy doing a lot of stuff this week, so anything you want to share? Just making video or making a video, I should say. Gotcha. So um, I watched two movies with Christoph Waltz. Uh, one was Zero Theorem. I was gonna say, is it Zero Theorem? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
by Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam, yeah. if you don't know who he is, he's a good, he he actually comes from the Mighty Python series. Sure, but mm-hmm. he's directed some of my favorites, like Twelve Monkeys. 12 Monkeys. Um, I've never seen Fear and Loathing. Time yeah. Bandits. I've never seen Time Bandits. It's a, it's a pretty fun movie. Yeah, it looks I like I saw it. it a while back. Brazil is one that everyone's like, Brazil is... Well, and the, the problem with Brazil, guys, it. is it's one of those movies where there's five editions, and uh, if you don't watch the right one... I can see Terry Gilliam lending, like, his style of movie making lending to that kind of well, thing. Well, it's a film that when the studio got it, they were like, we don't know what to do with this. And this is before he had the clout before to be like... people trusted Terry yep. Gilliam. So what ended up happening is until the Criterion Collection came out, that movie was butchered. When the Criterion Collection came out, they released Terry Gilliam's version of the film, and all of a sudden people were like, oh, holy cow, this yeah. was a great movie. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, they completely changed the ending at the original, the, the one that, that they originally released. And the his ending is like, it's one of those great cinematic moments. Yeah. It's um, That's a great movie. Uh, but Zero out. Theorem is, I don't even know how to describe this one again. It It is Terry Gilliam to the 12th power. It's... It's like nobody was there to tell him no. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And it's not bad, but I can't exactly say it's very good either. Uh, it is strange to the absolute insane where I shrug my shoulders at the end of the movie and go, yeah, I, I have no idea what I just saw. I don't know what this man was trying to tell me. There's interesting elements in it that make me okay with it, but there's a lot of problems. Yeah, I checked it out on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think it was running like a 52 or something like that. Uh, I Christy was in the room when I watched it. There were many times where she would just look over at me and be like, what is with this man, and why won't he turn this movie off? Like, <laughs> I was getting a lot of looks while I watched that movie. My, um, my memory is not working. What was the other one we had this week? Uh, the other one that you watched was um, uh, A History of Violence, which oh, is yeah, by yeah, a director yeah. that is very in, uh, integral to this podcast. He's the same guy that directed uh, All is Lost. I think uh, The History of Violence is a very good film that happens to be very poorly directed. Yeah. It's been a while it's since a, I've seen it. It seems like a movie that Martin Scorsese would make with no energy. It is a slow burn where the story should not be it a slow, slow burn. burn. But yet, again, I'm not trying to say that the film is bad. It is very good. I was very impressed. Um, who's the guy that's in Star Wars that's in that? I, Oscar Isaac. Os- Oscar Dude, Isaac. What a performance, man. Um, he looks every... so much like Paul, uh, Al Pacino in that movie. Yeah, you're he... getting the name of this wrong. History of Violence is Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, like, when the you most violent that, year. The most violent year. Most violent year. History yeah. of Violence. Totally yeah, different movie. Ago. Yeah. Wait a minute. So, so which one did you like, watch? I watched the most violent year. Man. You watched the most. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You got the I was title say, wrong. This doesn't He's the Viggo right. Mortensen. Yeah. Like, I got an you. Older movie. Okay. Which is a movie I saw in the theater, which was a very uncomfortable experience. As most experiences are with you. Anyway. Fair enough. Uh, there is a movie that we should watch together and talk about next week. What is it? Uh, I want to see that one we were talking about, The Visitor. Yeah. Oh. yeah like Have we talked that about that on the podcast? I don't think so. I don't think so. Go ahead. Uh, it's available on Amazon streaming if you are so inclined to watch it. Eric, uh, would you tell us the synopsis for this film? <laughs> uh, an intergalactic... By the way, this is before I say this. This is released in 1980, and it it's foreign, but in English... Um, yeah, it's made by this Italian good. people. Like it has like some English, uh, like you know, some American actors in it, but it was an Italian-made movie. An intergalactic warrior battles alongside a cosmic Christ figure against a demonic eight-year-old girl and her pet hawk as the fate <laughs> of the universe hangs in the balance. <laughs> Why haven't I seen this yet? <laughs> I think it's the pet hawk that gets me. Yeah, more than that was definitely won me over. <laughs> as a pet hawk. I'll, I'll post a trailer on Facebook. It's one of this the most week. amazing like, trailers you've ever it's, seen. It's crazy. The first time Eric put it on, I was like, oh, this is some kind of retro-made, like, yeah. look at how crazy the 80s was. Isn't it funny? And then Eric was like, oh, no, this was truly from that era. <laughs> That's it's, amazing. It's insane how Jared cool said he watched the you guys, first 10 minutes of it and was like, I have to watch this movie. Yeah, yeah if you if you guys decide to watch that, let me know. Okay. We can, we can make that happen. All right. right. We can make Mike that happen. Mike is going to hang out. I think so. He's like, yeah. weird movie. Well, I mean, if you guys call me. Not next from week, this decade. Next week, I'm we'll intrigued. Be, next week, we'll be talking about the same stuff. And you it's guys will be like, oh, we 70s. watched. What was that movie called again? What? The one I just said? Yeah. The Visitor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We just watched The Visitor. And you guys will all three. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that was a great movie. Okay. <laughs> I'll be sitting here going, oh, that's cool. Thanks for the call, guys. 
Last movie I watched this week was Tim Burton's new one, which is uh, Big Eyes. Oh, Big Eyes, yeah, I didn't see that Pretty one good. Either. It's like, it's so around the middle where it's, like, I would give it three stars. It's right. It's okay. It's not bad. It's not great. That's kind of um, how I felt about a Most Violent Year. Yeah. It was somewhere in the middle there. I'd put a Most Violent Year a little bit over that, though. Uh, mostly... The thing I like most about a most violent year was Oscar Isaac. Yeah. I mean, he's fastly becoming one of my favorite actors of all time. And he's going to be Poe Dameron, man. And you guys haven't even seen Ex Machina yet. Yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. I I actually made sure that that was an ad family video when I went to go return those movies. I know. I wanted to rent it again. Or I want to rent it for the first time because I've never seen it. All right, boys. Anybody watch anything else before we get on to the movie? Mm. Nope. All right. Let's Mm. talk about mud. Okay, let's go. All right, the movie that Eric picked for this week is from 2012. It is called Mud. Stars Matthew McConaughey and is it Reese Witherspoon? Yep, Ty Sheridan, Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard is so awesome. Yes, he is. All right. Uh, and Michael Shannon. Yeah. yeah. Also who amazing. barely made it in this film because yes. he was filming uh, who, Superman. Like, where do you guys know Michael Shannon from? Because I knew him from, I watched some Boardwalk Empires, and yes. he played the greatest character on that. It was just like I know special. the reason I know who Michael Shannon is, I, I don't know where I first saw him, but he plays the bad guy trucker in... I forget that movie. It was with Paul Walker where they're being hunted by a... Yeah, um, oh, yeah. I remember what you're talking about. The Hitcher or something like that? No. 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 Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. I, I but think yeah, the, I, whenever I hear his voice, I always hear him going, Candy Cane. That's uh, right. Uh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> the, I think the first time he was on my radar... I mean, I've seen him in stuff since then, but I think the first time I saw him was like, who is this guy? He's really awesome. Uh, was a movie that you do not like, Jaron. Uh, Revolutionary Road. Oh, I. But he. I despise. But he was great in that movie. Road. I don't even remember him in that film. But uh, that was the first time he came on my radar. Obviously, most people these days now know him because he played Zod in Man of Steel. That's right, Zod too. Yeah, yeah he's got a great a bad guy face. Um, but Joyride. Joyride. Joy yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Nichols has directed this movie, though he. Uh, that's kind of his guy. So it's like that's why he desperately tried to squeeze him in because yeah he didn't he really, in his other two movies he didn't that he did. really fit that part to me I guess maybe just because of the other stuff I've seen him and he's always like the bad guy in this one he played a pretty good guy yeah I haven't seen the other two movies that Jeff Nichols did the stardom but one is called Shotgun Stories and then the other one is uh, Take Shelter and that was one that got a lot of positive buzz like going around like as an indie. About a guy dealing with like mental illness and stuff. Oh, okay. He's pr- trying to protect his family from like a storm or apocalypse or something that's like not real. Yeah, not real. Take Shelter looks pretty awesome. It looks fantastic. Yeah, I'd like to yeah. see that one. And then he's got a new movie coming out called Midnight Special, which is supposed to come out on November 25th of this year. I'll okay. keep an eye on that because um, let's give our star rate. Uh, before I we could do star ratings. Uh, it currently holds a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. I'm surprised it's that much. And it was made on a budget of $10 million and it made $28.8 million. So it is a success all around. Yeah. Especially, I'm surprised a movie that I'd never heard of until I saw it on Netflix cleared $28.8 million. Plus, this is the movie that started the Matthew McConaughey resurgence. Is it? Yeah, yeah. this was just before... Um, uh, what's the show with true detective yeah uh, started and that's where he you know, yeah he was already kind of back at that point but true detective blew him up uh christopher nolan said that it was because of this movie that he wanted to cast him in interstellar because he was like it was the first time he realized mcconaughey could actually act <laughs> yeah <laughs> it has been kind of a renaissance period for mcconaughey yeah. where like they called it the everything he stars in is great or whatever. yeah <laughs> he's gone from like the guy who can't keep his shirt on in a movie and is always in like the romantic comedy bullcrap. 
movies. <laughs> Which that. he does have his shirt off in this movie, but I find I know, it. I, I do. It. I find it funny that part of this movie though is about how about he shirt. doesn't want to take the shirt off because it's his lucky magic. That's, shirt. Yeah, that's like, kind of funny. Which is almost like an inside joke. You know what I was yes. thinking? Wasn't there a uh, romantic comedy that he was in with Reese Witherspoon a while oh, back? Probably. I mean, she's was been it in Sweet so Home many. Alabama? Is he in or that? something like that? I don't really think this is the podcast that would know that kind of thing. Uh, Christy! I vaguely yeah. remember some girl <laughs> making me watch that. I thought he was in it, but I can't remember. I know the movie yeah, you're talking about, but I don't know anything about probably, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go around and give our star ratings. I am happy to give Mud five stars. Mikey. I'll give it four. I was going to say four. No doubt about it in my mind. Five stars. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love this movie. All right. Let's talk about what we did like about it. Eric, start us off. Is there anything? I, I know you guys are going to bring something up because you have fours, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to say anything wrong about this movie. I, I had to think stuff. about it pretty hard. I have one thing to say about what I didn't like about it. Um, the acting in this, obviously, all around phenomenal. Every sure character. it's phenomenal. And you know what? It's not that strange that the main leads are phenomenal. They always are. The two kids in this movie, though. Yeah. I dare you to find me one moment of this movie where those kids don't act... Like, they've been acting their whole lives. Do you know Neckbone, too? Like, I was reading on uh, IMDb Nick. that he's local. Like, because I looked at it, uh, his list. That's when I saw that he was on Maze Runner. And he had nothing before this movie. And, like, they apparently uh, did a casting thing with, like, 2,000 people and picked this kid out. So this kid yeah. had never, like, acted in anything before that. And even he, like, he's amazing in this. Um, no. Yes. Uh, very much so. All the side characters, like I said, Sam Shepard is amazing. Uh, uh, Michael Shannon, I love. Not only do I love his character, but just him in it. Like, anytime I see these days that Michael Shannon is in something, I just smile because I'm like, there's a good chance I'm going to like that movie. Yeah. Um, this is one of the most visually striking movies for such a simple movie that I've ever seen. He uses location, on-location stuff very effectively. Uh, this is a guy... If I'm not mistaken, I didn't read up on him, but I'm guessing this guy lives in Alabama or grew up in Alabama. I don't know. Oklahoma. He grew Arkansas. up in Oklahoma. It was Arkansas. This, is, Ar- this yeah. is Arkansas, but I yeah. don't know where. Oh, that's here. right. I'm sorry. I find it hard to believe that this guy didn't have specific areas in mind when he was he writing the to, film. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, this is not something where, you know, it's interstellar or something with big flashy like CG. Like this movie looks like a million bucks in every time in every shot. I don't know. I, I almost don't even understand how you can get every shot to look. There, was there any blurry fingers, Mikey? Did I you didn't approve, see or? any, no. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was looking, though. Uh, I was oh definitely looking. I keep an eye out for that thing, that sort uh, of thing, now. I don't know, man. I There's a million things I could say, really, but it really comes down to I love the story of this. I lo- it's, it's like a modern-day Huck Finn. Yes. I like it. Uh, someone described it as... It's as if what you're watching uh, a movie that by Sam Peckinpah about a Mark Twain short story. Like, yeah. it, I love. Like I said, it, I, I've been to places. I don't know if any of you guys have, but um, I have a lot of family um, in Mississippi and Louisiana. And I haven't seen them in a long time. Yeah. Okay. You better stop. We're gonna have to pay for the copyright for that. But I have seen some of these, like some of these types of. Places like you know living on the river, that kind of where, where the grocery store is called the, the piggly. I've been in a piggly wiggly. Yeah. I, like I've been in a piggly wiggly. How does before. that keep going? Uh, just, how does not the person that owns that place go like I need to change this name? Yeah, yeah. If you're successful, you just I guess keep going with it. It's like you said, the director almost had to have, have come from an area like this because it's so authentic all the way through. He did. Did you did you not I read up on it? Yeah, he was he was from oh, that Mikey's area. In the conversation, all yeah, of a he, he was from the area, and he got the idea when he was in high school to write this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I read somewhere that he, what he wanted to do is he wanted to talk about how awful it is to be in love as a teenager. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was some, it was like that, and then he had the Mark Twain. Um, he kind of wanted to tell a story about Mark Twain with like a I forget what it was like a romance and or you know like getting your heart broken in high school and all that stuff so that's what i read yeah i just kept waiting for this movie even rewatching it like i was looking for flaws or something to be really off like maybe there's you know little things you could pick out but i just didn't find anything man like it's just quality all the way through yeah 
Uh, uh, this movie elicits a an emotional reaction out of me that's very uncommon from uh, movies I watch nowadays. Mm-hmm. The ending alone, where uh, well, we can talk about the finale, but I'm going to specifically talk about the wrap up of the film, where his dad is driving him, and he's in the back of that truck, and they pass that one restaurant where his ex girlfriend's going to be. And it has that slow pan over. Yep. Not a slow motion shot yet. The camera just lingers over it, just like his eyes would linger over it. As and, they do. And then uh, it comes back as his eyes do. That's just one of those moments where it's like, dude, this is a, a director at the top of his game. Where he's able to use the camera and elicit emotions from me that are above and beyond what just doing the normal thing would have done. And then like that conversation he has with his father where it doesn't play out like a Hollywood movie. It's a very heartfelt conversation. He doesn't drop like, you know, me and your mom, we're going to keep talking. But like, you know, every time that the road more traveled could be taken, this guy does not take it. Uh, And then, of course, like probably my favorite moment of this movie is that moment when those girls get out of that car and that one waves to him and he he coolly nods his head and you're like, kid's going to be okay, (laughs) Right. You know? It's a weird thing because, like, there's a lot of sadness in this whole film, yet when I'm done watching this film, I don't have that lingering of, like, man, what a crappy story. Like, what a what a hard thing this kid went through. Like, that one moment where he nods his head, my spirit lifts and I go, dude, this movie's great. This kid's going to be all right. Like, it's a happy ending. I mean, this story is all about him wanting to believe in love and like losing faith i mean yes it is but it's the thing is that there's that light at the end of the tunnel where it's like galen says you know um help me Rhonda's about a guy who got his heart broken and is trying to get over by getting with somebody else and he's like when you fall off the horse you got to pick yourself back up you know and get out there and the when the music kicks up at the end and it's like help me Rhonda," and i'm like yeah I, that's another moment of the movie where my spirit just lifts. Like it's a perfect choice for the ending of this mm. movie, and I might add that's an expensive yeah. song. Yeah. So I know that the director really had to think hard about well, it actually using part of his ten million dollar budget. It's not for just that a song. random song; like it has meaning for the story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Nick, what about you? What do you like about this film? Sorry, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> are we boring you? Now? No, man. Uh, there is not much to do, not like about this movie, honestly. Uh, McConaughey's awesome. The kids are impressively uh, that cannot be good stated actors. enough. Even the girl, uh, the girl that uh, yeah, yeah, what's her name, May Pearl or whatever, May Pearl is uh, great. two first names, just like your mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's mm-hmm. a great scene. Um, just all around, really well acted, beautifully shot. It does ring truer than most movies do. Yes. Like you can tell that this guy was from the area. It makes a lot of sense. Like, well, just again, he it, knows these kind of people. You it know. just never feels like the Hollywood choices are made in this film. Well, and when you're dealing with people like this that aren't the normal people you see in a movie, yes, <clears throat> or come in contact with, unless you live in that area, it's real easy to make them. Almost, yeah, cartoonish character. If you want to see that so. movie, it's called, uh, I think it's called A Search for Bobby Long. Search John Travolta. It's every southern stereotype you can imagine rolled into one film. Like, even his dad, his dad, like, and, we, and he is, he's so, like, country like that. And, yeah. and you're like, it's easy to just want to make fun of that character. But, like, it, by like you said, if another director had maybe tried to do that character... But like when it has that moment where he's yelling at his son, yeah, with the motor, and it's yeah, at the moment you think it's only about him and his son and and dealing with the ceiling. But then he says in the conversation, "You don't respect another man's property. That's his livelihood. How yeah. can you just take away his livelihood?" And it's all about like what's going on with him and his marriage and them taking away his livelihood. It's like that. Every time I see that, this is a, was the third time I've seen this movie. Even that simple little line there is a dagger in my heart when he goes, uh, you know, you, you can't take away another man's livelihood like that. And it's just like, oh. well, and then that movie even that part even pays off more later in the film when because it doesn't look like it affects Ellis all that much. That conversation yet when he sees McConaughey later, 
he screams out, you made me a thief. And you can tell like yeah, it's eating like at him. Like he's been thinking about that yeah, one for a while. Like I crossed a line that I didn't want to cross in my life because of you. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think another thing he does very well in this movie is he makes characters that aren't like easily pinned down. Yep. There's a lot of characters in this movie where you're really not sure if they're a good guy or a bad guy. And even by the end, some of them, you, you know. They're real. That's the. Right. I think that's the that's answer. The you have a bad guy that prays before they're going to yeah. like go on. Well, yeah. Well, like, even I will that say alone. that those guys, those good, the real bad guys in the movie are kind of the exception. There's no real ambiguity about who they There's are. There's some things about doing. them that. I get a lot of their backstory without having to be told. Like, the, they're obviously come from a lot of money. Yeah. Yet, that's things I'm only interpreting from the film. Like, there's not a part where they flash $100 bills or something. Right. It's just... Yeah. It's clear. It's just, clear, but it's, again, it's that thing where it's like, I don't understand. Like, I can't tell you why it's so clear in the film. But since you're associate, which And I'm not saying they're good people. But since you associate with siding with McConaughey, you instantly turn to dislike these people. But then yet it still affects me a little bit. Like I'm not crying over it, but it affects me a little bit when the father gets the call that his son yep. has been killed. Yeah. Like that's an interesting moment. To end like I said, it. it's an interesting moment to have them come in and have this group of people that are getting ready to go kill somebody get in a prayer circle. Like that's not a hot, like you said, you want to talk about un Hollywood moments. Yeah, like, yeah, that is definitely true. not Hollywood. Even the father character, like the dude, father, I, I think the I father character actor, is yeah. the biggest example of that. Where like, when it starts out, I expect this father to be the wife beating, yep. no good, can't make a dime, loser character, but he really, he's not that. He's not the great father who imparts wisdom and is always doing his best for his family either but he's not the bad guy either yep. so that kind of stuff is really interesting the shiny too. moment for that character to me is at the end of the movie uh when before alice gets out of the truck he tells him to look after his mom and tells yeah. her like this is gonna be hard for her and you need to be there for her. it's like you just that's the real moment man you just again like i don't know if i can say this enough you just don't see that type of stuff in in films. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about the other character. Even Neckbone is kind of like that. At the beginning of the movie, you think he's going to be the goofy pervert kid who can't yep. be trusted. Yep. And the one who wants to get into more trouble. Like, right. He's the one that's like actually yeah. trying to talk him out of stuff. Like, and Yeah, if it wasn't for Ellis, Neckbone would not have gone back to that place right. to visit Mud. Right. And he didn't really care much. He does. He does get in there towards the end, and you know he tries to help him with that thing. I think he really wants that gun. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think there that's is, part. Well, of there him. is. That's the thing. There is that part to him where he is really just the dumb kid at some level. I think it's a lot more of it with it when you talk about him coming back. Is he knows like he's he's so like he's Ellis's best friend, and he can't even though he knows it's not a good idea if his friend is going to do it anyway he'd rather be there to yep. look after his friend like more than it is about mud himself yeah yeah and without saying it you get the idea that those kids have each other and that's about it it's pretty it's pretty impressive movie making he can impart a lot of that kind of stuff without just coming out and saying stuff like that yeah mikey well um I like a lot of the movie. Um, it wasn't very Hollywood. I hate being last because I'm not really going to be able to add to much. But uh, um, you know, it was it was it was a very good independent film. Um, I, I liked it. It it had everything that generally a good independent film does. It has the you know shot on location. It's you know not somewhere in desolate california right. where they make it out to look like this place and everything like that um you know i really you know i did like it the one thing i could and i guess this is kind of going to be my one complaint that i did have with the movie but it kind of has to do with what i liked about it it's kind of weird mm -hmm. um the one thing that i that i can add is um 
the way that they made the whole it was almost like they did like you wanted to have this like older feeling for the movie like you know you got the kids riding around on dirt bikes and they're now wearing helmets you got the kid riding in the bed of the truck when none of that stuff happens i'm pretty sure you can go to wherever you want in arkansas and you're not gonna find two kids riding around on a dirt bike nowadays i could be wrong I don't know. Um, I don't know about well, that. Yeah. The, the reason that I say that is, is because you, if you you've notice, grown up in rural, you're a townie, man. No, yeah. I know, but the thing is, is if you if you like look at the characters and the vehicles that they drive. Now, granted, you had a few exceptions, like the uh, the hitmen that were in the uh, in the parking lot of the hotel. Um, they were driving around like I still. I think that may have been a little older too. Um, but you I, know, they they're never always say driving it, older but I never vehicles. had the idea that. This movie is current. Yeah. No, well, yeah. I was going to say, I don't know about today because I haven't been there, but I know when I used to go down to like Mississippi, Louisiana and like Memphis and like some different, you know, more uh, rural areas like that. It absolutely was like that. <laughs> like, really? I, I mean, I yeah. could be wrong. It just seemed like. What, what a city boy you are, sir. I guess. I mean, I don't know. It just didn't seem like something that you would see nowadays with the way that people are so protective of kids and everything. But I, I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, I, I enjoy that. I liked it a lot. Um, so but even I mean, though if you I guys... didn't grow up that way, like I spent, since I spent some summers down there, I have some like childhood memories of that kind of stuff. Like right. you know, riding that, on the back of motorcycles with no helmets. Yeah. Junk on the street, brown, though? going in the yards and stuff. And see, just yards I get. and like overgrown it is very, very, I don't know. I mean, I get similar. yards, but I don't on the street. That's that's really where this whole thing, you know, kind of takes me for a loop. There, it's like they're on the street. This is not something that you would be able to get away with today. Mm-hmm. Or, well, I bet I could be wrong, but that would probably explain with my you know my one complaint is, is it was almost kind of like they were trying to do that, but at the same time they didn't really succeed. So maybe my one complaint isn't actually a complaint at all. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I had. So you did, uh, did you like the, uh, the first time when you were watching it? How do you feel when Tom, uh, takes that sniper out? <laughs> like, uh. dude, cause knowing you, I was like, Mikey had to be like, Oh my God. Honestly, my, my reaction to that was look at the size of that scope. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty much what, what it was. What about the use of guns in this film? Does it pass the Mikey test? I mean, what do you mean? Well, you always come in and be like, well, this wouldn't be, this is inaccurate, that doesn't exist. Is the use of guns past the Mikey test? Oh, yeah. I mean, my my Mikey test generally is, uh, my my Mikey test is, is it generally, indie? it's is usually it with, um, no, 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 it's okay. usually with military. Um, that's when I nitpick stuff like that. Now, sometimes, you know, you can get into some, Things where people are doing really stupid he stuff. He certainly but, looked ex-Marine, man. He had that button all the way, like top button button. Yeah. He had his hair nice. Oh, yeah. Tight. I mean, it It was definitely, I think they did everything right. I mean, honestly, as far as that goes, I didn't, I definitely didn't see anything that I was like, oh, what a bunch of, you know, rubbish. Uh, I thought of something you would like, Mikey. I didn't realize till watching it this time. Yeah. Uh, the scene when uh, McConaughey uh, takes him and he gets off the, uh, uh, the little boat thing that they have and then hops on the motorcycle. Yes. It was like just out of yeah. uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Right. <laughs> he gets off and immediately gets on the bike. When's that show getting loaded on Netflix? Uh, it's the end of this month, July Man, 31st. That, I that heard t- there's a new uh, preview for it. That tr- haven't you haven't seen, seen it? You haven't seen the full one? No. I yeah, was, an actual It preview. was posted from our Facebook. Yeah, that's where I watched it from. Oh. I knew that. As producer, you're supposed to be aware I was like, well, it's relevant to the podcast, so I'll put it up there. Um, all right. The, something that I'd like to talk about, there's, uh, one thing I think we'd be remiss to not mention is Reese Witherspoon is an actress that I feel if she'd made some better choices in her career, at least maybe not even better choices. Cause let's be honest, she, her core audience loves her. Yeah. If she had made more movies that were a little bit more up my alley, I'd probably really love Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Cause every time she's in a movie, like let's take a movie we recently did, which is election. election. Uh, I love Reese Witherspoon. Uh, you go back to Cruel Intentions, which is another film that I love, and I love her in it. She is so good in this film, though. Um, yeah. In her role, she has to play the ultimate figure of. I'm gonna I'm gonna say some things here, and if you guys understand what I'm talking about, go ahead. If you don't, I can explain it. But she has to be motherly. She has to be the vision of what sensuality is. 
and she also have ha- has to represent pure unadulterated love. And then, of course, the, as the film progresses, the breaking down of that. And she does every one of those things perfectly. She's sort of motherly to him. Like, she exudes beauty. I was very impressed with her character. And I think it's pretty easy to overlook the job that Reese Witherspoon does in this film. Do you guys have anything about that? No, I mean, it's another character where, like you said, because of some acting choices they had done... It can be easy to overlook how they good can they actually can, actually can do, be. and it's yep. just like just like right. McConaughey, you know, it doesn't it, it doesn't mean they can't do it. It's just a matter of what yeah. they're picking. It's hard not to see Legally Blonde, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Uh, it's, but, it is her defining role. Yeah, but she is a great actress. I mean, we've seen it several times. Yeah. So, but yeah, in this movie, I thought she did a great job. Uh, something else I'd like to talk about is for a ten million dollar independent film. This has one of the greatest action scenes ever put to film. That scene at the end the is shootout? so intense. Yes. Mm. And so many elements come to fruition. Uh, there's the part early on when Mud refers to the neighbor. What's the neighbor's character's name? Tom Blankenship. Tom. Yeah. As an assassin. As an assassin. And then, like, I'm like, oh, he's a super cool dude. And then he talks to Tom, and Tom's like, I mean, I was a sharpshooter, and I guess in Tom's world, blah, blah. Yet, when that scene starts to go down and he starts shooting, there's a sense of like, oh, you got me. Like, this is perfectly set up. Not only, I've not seen much of this character, but I understand completely why this character is here and able to do everything that he's doing in this movie. Uh, You have the thing with, like... There's the pictures on the wall, too, of all the different locations where, like, if he was in the CIA, because he said he's like, oh, he's been all over the world. Yep. And it's one of those things I still don't take away. Oh, he was like in the CIA. I mean, I still take it as what Tom said is, well, you know, I was when, a sharpshooter in the military. When stuff started going down, what I noticed most about his little shots there doesn't really seem to be hard for him to pull that no. trigger. Well, no. the, there's yeah. the beginning. The first time you see him. Mikey, do we need to pause? No. no the first time. Yeah. Uh, you sure? Are you busy, yeah. Mikey? No. Okay. Are we, gotta, are we interrupting the phone? Or? No. Well, let's just be happy. Put it on silent instead of right. It's on silent. Come on, Eric's always on his phone all so good. day long. Yeah, yeah. But fun. I'm looking at movie right. related stuff here. Uh, I am too. I'm sure you are. I am. Uh, I'm texting somebody. No, the first time you see Tom, this movie. he's sitting on his uh, <laughs> the clown quote he's sitting of the week. Well, what deck. about Tom? Yes. Can I talk, Mikey? I know you don't let me say my name, but uh, no. okay. Uh, <laughs> he's sitting on his deck with a pellet gun, picking <laughs> off snakes in the yeah. water. The look of like. I got you when he shoots that snake in the beginning. Yeah. I love that look. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, you know, it, it, it's the same kind of thing. Uh, if you're going to show the, if you're going to shoot someone in the third act or whatever, show the gun on the mantle yep. in the first act. Like there's nothing that happens in this movie that they didn't show you the, the rightful path of it. Yep. It's a logical well, path. And when the movie, the first time I watched this movie and the finale gets to that point, and McConaughey goes to the house to visit him. I don't go like, why would you do that? Like, you idiot. Like, they're going to be there. Yet, when they are there, I go, of course they're there. Yeah. Like, that's an impressive thing. Like, I I didn't even suspect that I was being set up for a big shootout finale. I was just like, oh, this is going to be cool. I didn't, you know, like, I knew that they had to come back in the story. Well, I didn't the know how. When the truck leaves yeah. like, you, it makes sense. You don't. At the time, you may not realize what's going on, but that they're switching. Yeah, I guess what what I thought originally in that scene is the sole purpose of the scene is to show that McConaughey cares about this kid after all. He really yep. does. And then it turns into something like totally I should have expected, but didn't. Again, did you see it coming? Did anybody see that scene coming? Dude, you jumped when we just watched it. Yeah. <laughs> like, here again. And what's funny is I had just watched it downstairs. Because <laughs> uh, he's mid-sentence. When I the finished shot it, came up, and wall. cooked my dinner. So, like, I basically watched the film and then re-watched the ending with you guys and still jumped to that part when the bowl comes uh, through the thing. How scared, like, what would be going through your mind if you were uh, Elsa's his, dad. his parents? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I would have been a better shot. <laughs> <laughs> there is a scene in there that every t- every time I've seen this movie now I th- I'm just convinced that Elsa's dad is going to end up trying to shoot Mud yep. or shooting him. Like I don't know if he did it on purpose, but every time I see this I, movie, I thought the same thing. Somehow so I don't well, remember. Well, because they show the him holding his gun, and then there's a shot of Mud, come mud out. coming out of the bedroom right. holding the rifle, and you're like, "Oh no, don't do it! Yeah. Don't shoot at each other!" Yeah, because how's that guy supposed to know that Mud's not? Oh yeah, I mean, that's a bad, one thing. of the bad he doesn't guys. know who he is. 
And even if he did, there's shots going off in his house, and there's a guy carrying a gun, so obviously yeah. you shoot him, but... Yeah. It was so intense the first time I watched it. I mean, obviously watching it this third time, it's like, I know it's going to happen, so it loses a little bit, but it's still yeah. quality. Uh, the other thing I would like to mention, I kind of have a Mikey one here. I'm going to reference it as one of the things I love about the film, but I will get to why it might be a problem in the film. I love the story of Ellis and how it mirrors what's going on with mud. Yep. Um, what you get is a story about a kid who's right at the right age where his world is falling apart because his mom and dad, uh, are falling out of love with each other and you're supposed to love each other. Yeah. And he's trying to understand that he's also slightly starting to fall for this one girl. And so what happens is when he meets mud, he sees it as the moral representation of what should be in this world. So when he hears that Mud shot a man for love, he doesn't have that reaction like you should have and be like, well, that's murder. Like, you right. shouldn't have done that. Like, nothing you say is... Instead, he, he has a romanticized version of the world. And what this movie does is it runs him through the mud and it it changes him. It I'm a sucker for movies that are the loss of innocence. Yeah. Me too. I th- I think it's, it's hard not to. It's love hard them. not to. And this movie is one of the best at doing it. Um, so I will say that I love all that stuff. I love how that's done. Yet I'm going to now go into what I don't like about that element. It may be a little too on the head. Ellis's yeah. story reflects Mud's story a little bit too sharply, where it's. It's not a clever thing that's kind of on the sideline. It's impossible to miss the symbolism there. Right. Um, uh, I read ahead. a theory, which I don't believe is true, but I mean, it. the way the person uh, laid it out, it matched up perfectly. But I mean, when you watch it, I just don't get the sense of that's what they're going for. But someone had the theory that, um, that any time that uh, Mud is interacting, like that Mud didn't really exist. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I know. So because the, the reason behind Tyler it Durden. Yeah, was because uh, it so closely everything that's going on. Anytime he gets like a positive thing happen with Ellis's girl, a positive thing happens with Mud and Juniper, and yeah. like this, they were going basically saying that you know him struggling to deal with his parents' stuff. Like he's created this idea of what the perfect love. I know, like. It, on paper, you're reading it and you go, "Oh, that's cool!" Like all the stuff they mentioned. But then when you actually watch it, you're just like, no. that doesn't make "Like any he interacts sense at all. with too many people. Yeah. Too many people know of him. It's yeah. it's not enough to just." And they were saying too that uh, Mud only talks to Ellis, which when you watch it, it's that's like that's not, not true. true. <laughs> yeah. It was just an interesting. I just like anytime there's a movie where people want to <laughs> try to interpret things, kind of like we would do with Lost. Yeah. Even if it's wrong, it's still fun to, yeah. to be able to do that with movies. Uh, something I'd like to highlight is, like, Mud kills a man for love. Ellis punches a man for love. Yep. So all that Mud st- uh, Ellis' storyline does is it lessens the things that Mud has done, yet you can imagine that Ellis could grow up to be Mud. So yeah. hopefully the examples of what he has seen will help him not go down those same paths. But again, I, I it's just too on the head. Uh, the storyline between Mud and Ellis. Yeah. You guys agree? Uh, I can see it. Yeah, guys, yeah. I gave it five stars. I had to come up with something right. I didn't like about the movie. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's obviously kind of a nitpick, but yeah, there's one thing. There's one scene in the movie. Since you're talking about how he's punching people, the first time he like rescues. Uh, yeah. May Pearl and yeah. just punches that senior kid in the face. How does he just get away with that? Like the kid just walks away. I I did notice that. I, I didn't just, notice it the first bully. time though. Yeah, well, he's a bully. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't it's he's, punch a bully it's and they go softer, away. In what know? world do you punch a bully that's way bigger than you and they just slink away into the? Because he's generally because he's a townie. He's soft, man. He's not. He's not hardcore <laughs> like Ellis is living. He did better than I did. Off, uh, I mean, you can explain it away, but I don't know. It's, I agree with you. Yeah. And because the way that it happens the second time is how it truly would happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What else complaints do we have about the movie, guys? Complaints? Um, I guess the only one that I can bring up for me is 
even though it's integral to the storyline, it's almost too telegraphed with the snake bite. That's what I was going to say. That, yeah. that would be my biggest complaint of the movie is they stuff the snake thing. They just jam it in your face, which I get it. I mean, how many times do you need to show those snakes in that creek? Though, Like one time would have been fine. Yeah. The first time would have been fine. I might have even forgotten about it, but the way they just jam on snakes, snakes, snakes. I you, the even the first time I watched is like someone's getting bit by a snake in yeah. this movie. You don't know is like is it going to be <laughs> mud or is it going to be one of the right. kids? I kind of thought it was going to be mud cuz he mentions that if he gets bit again the mm-hmm. antivenom won't work on him and he'll die. That's kind of where I thought it was going the first time. I watched it but you know that somebody's going in that snake pit, right? I love that he's the snake, too. He has the snake tattoo. Yeah, she yeah. has the nightingale, like, the symbolism behind that. Yeah. Um, someone also, when I was, like, trying to read up on this and see if, what anybody said on message boards, uh, someone made the comment that uh, with the snake bite thing, with uh, Mud not being able to get Antidote again, that it's kind of reminiscent of how people think of love itself. Like, the first time you get bit, it's like it's never the same after that. Like, mm. yep, I love can see is this. never love is never the same as it was that first time. True. you uh, I could see this. Yeah. This one, I'm not going to look at you like you're an idiot. Mm. I, I think it for me that 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 knowing that fact just kind of reinforces the hero, hero heroism heroism heroism. Thank you <laughs> of mud when he just doesn't even think about it and mm, jumps into that creek it, full of snakes to get that kid he knowing never that stops sprinting. if he gets bit he's dead well and there's that great moment in the bow when the kid asked when what's his name uh, uh neck bone neck bone <laughs> ask him like were you bit and you realize like he didn't even think about it. yeah, yeah. he didn't even check he didn't yeah. well, he the, didn't even consider it that whole scene is my favorite scene in that movie the way that uh mud jumps into action and doesn't stop and doesn't think anything about himself not just the snake bite but running into town yeah. into a hospital where everybody can see him and doesn't realize and it doesn't after. dawn on him how vulnerable he is until after the kid is okay he's just yeah. so much about wanting because if you doubt before that in the movie if you doubt his intentions or if he really cares for yeah. these kids you stop doubting there because he's so like it doesn't even cross his mind he's so like i have to save this kid yeah um he does hesitate once, though. Make sure he grabs his shirt, his magic shirt, first. Well, I was going to... This is a kind of maybe a corny symbolism, but I was going to bring gonna this gonna up. you going to Jared it up here? I'm going to Jared it up just a oh, little no. bit. I like it. I, I do like that that scene takes place right after he has finally taken that shirt off or shed his skin. Yes. So oh, to speak. Yeah, oh, you man. like that? Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> See, that? that's my mind right there on the ground right there. <laughs> I anyway, love it. That's all yes. I was going to say. Oh, I like it, Nick. Yeah, you yeah. like that? No. Yeah. I thought you might. I did. <laughs> um, what else do we have to add about uh, things wrong with the film? That's it for me. It's just a little... It's a little... I, it's too... I mean, it is very integral to where they're going, so it's like, I don't hate it, but it is so telegraphed that at no point the first time I was watching this did I think that it was going to go the length of the movie without someone getting bit by a snake. Yeah. It's just too telegraphed, but... Sometimes I'm all right with that. Yeah, it was it, it was still all right. And it to be honest, that scene with him getting bit could have looked a lot worse and been a lot cheesier. Like they managed to pull that off. Uh, well, yes, it was a little because he also it wrote, was a little cheesy. It is. That's what I'm saying. Like it could have been a lot worse. I couldn't help thinking when they sh- show those fang marks in his leg, like. That snake's head would have to have, to yeah. have been like the size of a football. They have well, things that swelling, big. His that leg far swollen up already by that point. Yeah, okay. separated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, right. right? Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Even still, and also, I don't know. I'm pretty sure more than one bite would have happened if he was laying. In well, that yeah, that's definitely true. That was one of the kind of goofy things about that. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I could see like. Did the one snake just go, I got him, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, Don't worry, I took care well, of Well, I wouldn't think that like the initial him falling in could scare a snake into biting him, but still... him just laying there, they probably wouldn't. If he's not moving and thrashing around doing anything, I could see that they probably wouldn't bother with him. This yeah. is not a negative. It's not like they're trying to eat him. They're but way too small. Did so. anyone else think the ending of this movie, with the first time you were watching it, was going to be that he was bit and he didn't realize like the adrenaline was pumping hmm. no because he didn't, no, I didn't no but that does make sense yeah i was the first time i was thinking that i was like 
he is bent. He just doesn't even know it yet. His just pumping so. And they that whole go that scene route. is so great. <sighs> the way he just like he doesn't hesitate to do any of those steps. He doesn't hesitate to just kick that boat out into the water. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hesitate to jump off the boat and onto that motorcycle. Uh, he almost he rides jumps it into off, the- Yeah, he <laughs> rides the motorcycle and like jumps off of it and just like lets it keep driving without what would him you do and if you're driving in? down the road and you see a guy carrying something on a, like a person <laughs> like, on a, what in the on a world motorcycle like just hauling yeah, down the but, road yeah. i'd assume the worst and hit him that's what i'd have to do you know he may have kidnapped him he, even the way he starts making right. the marks on his leg like he knows what to do he's going to do it Ugh, it's just a great scene well and as a person too that you're doubting what truth is there when he starts doing with that, the knowledge of that snake bite immediately tells you, well, he didn't lie about that. Like that story that right. he told about him getting bit as a kid and all that, like that was the truth. <clears throat> that that kind of brings up one of the other things that I thought was maybe a little lacking in this movie is they talk about how he's a liar and he even kind of admits it himself that he doesn't deal much in the truth. And yet you don't really see... What he Any lies, lies really coming from him. Like, it would have almost made more sense for him to have really disappointed them with a lie at least once. But to Ellis, he lied about the most important thing. Because to Ellis, but he didn't, he didn't really. understand love yet. To Ellis, if you're in love, there is no falling out of it. It's this imaginary thing in his mind. So when he broke up with her... It's basically him saying, well, you never did love her. And, like, did you ever even care for me? Like, Yeah, but I think even before that, there needs to be some kind of, maybe even like a big fish kind of lie, you know? Like, where it's not really a harmful lie, but you just know he's not telling the truth. It didn't really ever come through. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. But I also agree with you that that scene does facilitate that. Oh, yeah. I know what you're saying about that scene. But I think prior to that scene, you need... Something else well, we've to kind of back him they've as already a liar. Planted the seeds with Tom and, and right, uh, and I love the way they explained it in that scene. Like, yeah, he said he's an assassin. I was a sharpshooter in the Navy. It's not really the same thing, is but, it? But he's like, mind, no, yeah. it isn't, but it is. Like, and then it kind of turns out that it really probably was. Uh, was. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> that was great. But mm. yeah, I don't know. Is there anything that you guys would have changed about the film? Uh, this time, I don't have anything. I. There's no characters I would have switched. There's no scenes that I needed to see. You kind of already added one, Nick. Yeah, that, that would be my scene. only thing. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else? Not that I can think of. Just I don't know. Uh, nothing to to add. But I did want to bring up a couple things. Sure. Um, we talked about this movie after I got you to watch it uh, long before the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I we talked months ago. Yeah, we talked about the theory of because there was a theory running around on whether mud actually survived or whether the ending of that on the boat was basically not that film. Oh uh, no, gosh. No. Yeah. No, no, I have no, to no, agree. No. I don't think it is, <laughs> yeah. but we talked about that at the time. I felt like at the time you were I guess not. I thought you were one of the people saying that you thought it was that him on that boat was just like, you know, almost like heaven to mud. Like, you know, he's going, it's almost too wrapped up too nicely. That wasn't you. I don't remember that. And you are that, I don't know. You're that kind of person, Jared. It's possible, mm. but I changed your mind. Right now, him. I do not see that. Yeah, I thought I, I thought you know. were one of the. Yeah, I thought you were trying to tell me that uh, you thought he had passed on, and then that was like in Mud's mind, him with basically his father figure since he'd given Passing up on into the yeah. afterlife. Again, I can see where that theory comes from, but this is not that movie. Yeah, no, I, no. I definitely having that theory in mind and rewatching it everything lines up for this to be 100% real. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand the the thing at the end with the the you know them Galen. coming out of the They don't realize that's Galen cuz you really you guys realize that Galen's the one that fished him out of the the water, right? I uh, didn't I didn't I didn't see that one. So after he gets shot, you see Galen at one point yes. like in the in the water yeah. and he looks up and a body floats by. Right. I didn't think he looked up. And oh, he rings that's right. Yeah. Yeah, now the other thing right. was okay, people so were, you just kind of put it together that he probably fished him out of there. Well, yeah. there's some other <laughs> hints from like even earlier in the movie and like um well with the fishing him out though, I, I, it was a thing when I first watched it I was like 
was he upside down? Like, would he have drowned? But when I watch yeah, it this time, down. you can tell the way his, his elbows are bent. Yeah. He's floating. So it's like he definitely could have been alive floating down that river. But uh, Galen says something earlier about the trash in the river. Oh, yeah. And he says, a lot of trash, like, comes down this river. You got to know what's worth keeping and what's not. Yeah. He's like, and when he says that in that scene, it, you 100% know he's not talking about the trash. He's basic because he's already seen. He saw them with mud or in one of the earlier scenes. He saw them dragging stuff up when they were out there. He so knows it's like his concern something. with it. And he's basically saying, and, uh, you know, do you can you tell what's the good and what's yeah. not? Can you tell the difference? And he says, yeah. And when he tries to prod Neckbone at one point about what's going on, you know, you can talk to me if you need to talk to me about something. And, you know, Neckbone kind of plays it off. Like he kind of tr- the, trusts their judgment in that way that this guy isn't as bad as maybe was. And, and it, I also, when I look at it, I'm not 100% sure that Galen doesn't know who Mud is. They both grew it's up on that possible. same river. Yeah. They both knew that secret little They're island. They're not very far away from the age on top of yeah. it. And he says something when he in that conversation, too, when he talks about the trash. He immediately follows it up with, uh, with Ellis, and he says, to not get hung up on a girl. And he says, that's what Help Me Around is about. You got to get over when things don't work out and get back on there. And to me, I took that as, like, he grew up, maybe knew, because, like I said, Mudbs, even before he killed this man, has been having trouble with, you know, all the different men that she's been with because he's so hung up on this girl. So it's like, I took it as Galen knows who he is. I really like this whole thing. As a matter of fact, I'd wish that what you're saying would have been in the Showed film. More. But I have, like, I have to say that if, if none of this is in the film, then it's a bit of a stretch. It's a bit, it's a yeah. bit of a stretch. That's the way I see it though. Cause I definitely, I mean, they definitely imply that Galen is the one that sees his body and rings the bell. Yeah. And then he knows probably to get him to Tom. So it's like he must know. Uh, now, there is a scene where they mention Galen to Mud, and Mud doesn't react at all, like, to the name. So I don't think they are, like, friends, but I think they grew up in the same town. It's a small town. They're yeah, around the possible. same age, and he probably knew of this guy that's hung up on this girl. Yeah. And the fact that they both knew this secret little, like, you know, island that nobody goes to and stuff. Because he's the one that, that told him about the boat. I like it. I can go with that one. Mm-hmm. It's at least entertaining to think about. How great of a character is Galen, too? Because he has things where you initially would want to dislike him the way the way he's talking about <laughs> it's like women. Almost and every character in this movie, you can't yeah. quite pin him down. Like you expect that he's just going to be the dirtbag. Well, how you, you know. introduce the character, right? Exactly. You know? Yeah, and yet. Come on, he's not some people really. like that kind of stuff in the bedroom. I mean, he's I'm a taking care of his nephew. Maybe not in the best way possible, yeah. but like... But he's trying to, in the way that he knows... But you see things that he is t- yeah. taking care of him. When, like, when they get that book and he goes, make sure you do those worksheets in the back. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he is looking out for those kids in the best way what that he can. What was with that book, too? Like, it was just a book about being able to talk to women or oh, whatever. Oh, okay, I gotcha. And he said, yeah, he's like, uh, Galen has a book that said he helped him a lot oh, or okay. whatever. Like, And when they get back... And they get the book, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's a good book. You should read that. Make sure do you do the worksheets in the back. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, one other thing before we go, uh, again, to highlight things that you just don't see in Hollywood movies, but the the scene plays out where Ellis goes to visit um, Reese Witherspoon's character, and she's like, no, go away. And then he goes back to the room, and she's laying on the bed crying. Yeah. Yes. Part strikes me, because it's like, you can you can tell that that was an awful choice for her to make. Like, But at the end of the day, I really think that that character will be much better off not being around Mud. Yeah. yeah. And probably, Mud might have had a much better life if those, it, those two had not met. Or yeah, at least oh yeah. had not obsessed over uh, he learned what Ellis learned throughout this film. Uh, would you, when you talk about Mud having a better life, the way I interpret the ending of that too, mm-hmm. um, with them going down the river and getting to the ocean. Basically, I mean, he's gone farther than that. He talks about being in Texas, whatever. It's not like he's literally trapped on that river the whole life, but he's been going a narrow path on his life that's always following the same person. And he finally made it to the open sea where he can go wherever he wants. He's not tied to anything or any, like any, anymore. So it's like now that he's done with Juniper, it's like he's free to hmm. 
be somebody else. That's what I took that interpreted that scene as. Uh, did you notice that that scene mirrors the first time the boys go to the island? Yeah. When they're leaving the bay yep. and they kind of, it's further than they've ever gone. You know, he says something like, my dad will kill me if he knows we go to yeah. go out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, only other thing that I wanted to make sure I mentioned, I didn't realize this watching this this time. This movie has two themes in it that greatly resemble two of my other picks. Do you know what they are? Uh, two boys junking scrap. Like oh, yeah. Selfish I didn't think about I thought that watch it. I was like, that and, and a, a bad adult male influence in their lives. Yeah. Uh, hmm. The other was uh, Blue Ruin, the uh, family revenge coming like uh, yeah. the pack of sure. uh, revenge sure. killers and stuff. Like as yeah. I watched that this time, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> like I didn't know this before. This and greatly both resembles are very all three movies are very yeah. independent yeah. on top of it. And except for Blurry Finger, very good. Oh, oh that God. Blurry Finger. Oh, that was yeah. the worst. Fingergate, never forget. Yeah. All oh. right, old Fingergate Mikey. Yeah. What is our pick for next week, sir? Well. You see, Jared, the thing is... What'd you just tell us the name of it? It's The Warriors. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Warriors. Nice. Is that on Netflix? Yes, yeah. it is. Oh, I didn't know that. I just added oh, no. it to my What, do you guys all like it? I've never seen it. I've never oh, seen well, it. Good. Hopefully been a Jared while. will hate it. I've I need never to... seen it, but I added it my, to my queue today. Here's the thing. If you all like it, one of you lies, so that way we can argue. How's that? I can't imagine yeah. I like The Warriors, man. We'll you can't see. imagine that? <laughs> There's a reason I've never seen it. It looks not on my well, good. Let's hope we got somebody we can argue no, we'll with. We'll see. So, <laughs> Warriors for next week, and until then, cue it up.